Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, I have to admit that video can be a little bit, uh, it can be a little bit, uh, well, your toes may get a little hurt this time of year, you know, as we, as we watch college football, sometimes we, we make things out to, to be bigger gods. I, I want you to think about that this morning because as we look at Exodus 20, uh, Exodus 20 is all about the Ten Commandments, and one of them is, you shall have no other gods before me. And sometimes we, we look at the Ten Commandments and we think, well, maybe those are not uh, things we need to remember today. Maybe that's just Old Testament. But as we'll see this morning, that's not how God intended it. Before I do that, let me, I want to say this. I was thinking about this a second ago. Uh, and I know I, I kind of mentioned this earlier. I, I just want to say thank you to all our volunteers. Uh, not only on Sunday morning, but to, to volunteers who volunteer in every aspect. Um, you know, especially on a day like today, I, sometimes we take for granted those volunteers. But, you know, let me tell you, we have volunteers who, who will drive by the church and will just look and notice things that need to be picked up on the landscaping and, and or, you know, because I don't know if you realize this, but sitting on this corner, we get a lot of wind both directions and we get a lot of trash. And uh, we can pick up trash today and it'll be back this afternoon or new trash will be back this afternoon. In fact, uh, I won't tell you who it is, but uh, my doctor comes through here all the time walking, and he laughs and tells me how much garbage he picks up. I'm not sure if he's wanting me to pay him, <laughs> if that's the case, but I always tell him thank you. Uh, but we, we have volunteers who do that. We have volunteers who um, plant flowers. Just uh, they, they like this area, and they plant flowers. We have volunteers who are helping us uh, in the TV booth this morning, I've asked them to make me look good, and they've just said, we can't do that. <laughs> Only God could, and he didn't do that, so you're out of luck. We got volunteers, uh, but, uh, you know, our volunteers led us this morning in worship, and I'm grateful for that. So, uh, if you volunteer, whether you're a Bible study teacher, you're on a committee, just know I appreciate you. Our church does not function as the body of Christ without you. And so, uh, Exodus 20 is where we're going to be this morning. And it's been interesting. Uh, psychologists and sociology, sociologists will tell you that most people do not reevaluate their life or priorities in their life. It's just not something they do daily. They don't think about reevaluating. They just they get caught up in living life in whatever way they need to live life. Well, recently, Dr. Susan David out of Harvard, a uh, psychologist, talked about the pandemic and how this pandemic has, has created a moment for people because we are all kind of pulling back, we're reevaluating things, how this pandemic has been good because people are beginning to reevaluate their priorities in life. They've had time to stop and begin to look if something is really that important to them. Is that really something I should have worried about? And it's causing people to do some reevaluation of their, their priorities. Because the truth of the matter is what, what happens is we get caught up in routines. 
When our routine is messed up, it causes problems, does it not? Um, my, my routine, when I was laughing upstairs uh, earlier with the, the sound team, uh, my routine has gotten thrown out of whack so bad this morning that I, I didn't know if I was coming and going, what was going on, and somebody said, it's because your routine. And I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I like things to kind of, uh, I don't need, especially on Sundays, I don't like for things to, to be out of whack. Um, and, and so, routines. When our routine gets messed up, it throws us. Well, I don't know about you, but the pandemic has really caused us to have a, a routine mess up, right? And not just a one day, but several months. This morning, as we look at Exodus 20, and we think about our priorities, I think it's important for us to go back to this text, this Ten Commandments as God gives to the Israelites, and reevaluate our our life goals, our life principles, our life desires. Because we can get so busy that we, we get caught up chasing the Joneses or we get caught up chasing after something else that, that we forget that we have a responsibility as believers. And so this morning, I want us to look at Exodus 20. And, and it's a text, I mean... Um, I, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but if I was to say, can you name me all Ten Commandments, I, I would hope that you could get close. It's been funny. Uh, some people go, I can name all ten, and they, they, they start naming, and they, uh, then they add a few other commandments that they thought was there, but they really weren't, you know. Um, I won't do that to us. But I want you to listen to this text this morning as we read it together. And as we, you hear it, I, I want you to focus on God's amazing grace. Because oftentimes people take the Ten Commandments and they think they're negative and what God cannot, won't let us do. They get so hung up on the negative. We're not allowed to do this. We can't do that. And I, have to, I, I get that, but let me remind you that sometimes we have to, the negative only really is a positive. Now think about it this way. When somebody tells you you can't do something, that means you can do a whole lot of other things. You just couldn't do that one thing. So don't get caught up on the one thing you can't do and look at all the others that you can do. Great example we find in Genesis. When God sees Adam and Eve, he tells them, you cannot eat from the true of the tree the good and evil. Tree of knowledge. It's the only thing they couldn't do. What, what could they do, though? Oh, a host of things. They could eat from anything else. It's just one. So don't get caught up in the one thing that you can't do when there's so many other things. As we look at the Ten Commandments, don't get so concerned about what you can't do. I hope you're not thinking about murder today. If you are, at the end of the service, uh, come over here and Mike Thomason would love to talk to you. If he's not, we'll find a deacon um, to talk to you. But, but I want you to see these in light of the positive. Because it's all about the relationship. Of deepening our relationship. Of understanding how our life should look. Not only with God, but with people. 
So if you have your Bibles, let's stand it and look at Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them. And do not serve them, for I am the Lord your God and my jealous God, bringing consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because your Lord will, will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You're to labor six days and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to, to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your sons, your daughters, your male or female servants, your livestock, or the uh, resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have long life in the land that the Lord is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox, donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning of the sound of the ram's horn and the mountains surrounding by smoke. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. You speak to us and we will listen, they said to Moses, but don't let God speak to us or we will die. Moses responded to the people, do not be afraid for God has come to test you so that you will fear him and will not sin. And the people remained standing at a distance as Moses approached the total darkness where God was. You may be seated. It's an interesting moment. Much of what is in the New Testament, or the Ten Commandments, I'm sorry, some of it has already been told. They, they, they understand who God is and not to have any other God before them. And so they, they are recognizing that. But as God gives them these Ten Commandments, it's all about a relationship. All about a believer's relationship. All about a believer who trusts God in their relationship threefold. So this morning, here's what I want you to catch. Our big idea is simply this. Believers have a responsibility to pay attention to their thoughts, words, and deeds regarding their relations with God and others. We've got a responsibility with our thoughts, words, and deeds. So let's unpack this, the Ten Commandments. We understand that the Ten Commandments really have twofold power or meaning. One is our responsibility to God. 
Uh, you see that there on the screen. Our responsibility, God, is, is our first is the first group of commandments. Remember, uh, in the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. So, when we look at that video a few minutes ago, we have to be careful what our gods are. Uh, and sometimes when we think about gods, we think about whether it's, whether it's a family, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a business, all those things can be a god. Thou shall have uh, no idols. So, so we, we bow and worship and we celebrate when, when, when things happen, when, when, when our idol becomes bigger than our worship of God. In fact, sometimes I think it, it's a reminder for us, especially, uh, I'll just use sports since we're in the sports analogy this morning. It's Kentucky beat Mississippi State last night, hallelujah, um, handily, and um, Mike Leach's first time he's ever never scored. Anyways, I better go on. Uh, but when we celebrate that more than we celebrate God, is there a problem? There certainly is. And you go, well, I'm not a sports fanatic. That's not a big deal. Okay. When you celebrate the return and your investment in the stock market more than you celebrate God, is there a problem with that? Yes. We, that list can go on and on. We, we make idols. Idols can be of anything. And so we have a responsibility to God. And, and the first four commandments are all about that responsibility. Uh, no, no other gods, no idols. Um, do not misuse the, God's name. Listen, we have a responsibility to understand God is holy. And when we speak his name, it's out of reverence. And that means uh, OMG in our text is not appropriate. That means when we say, say when we use God's name because we're surprised at something, that's inappropriate. When we talk about God, he is a holy God who rescues people from sin and brings them to salvation. He's not something we mock or laugh at or use as slang. It's our responsibility to God. And then the, the one that, that I, I'll be honest with you, I struggle with the most is remember the Sabbath. We're supposed to have a Sabbath. Now, what is Sabbath? We, some of us call Sabbath our Sunday. Well, okay. But let's think of what a Sabbath is supposed to look like. Sabbath means stopping. Means stopping everything. Stopping our work. Stopping, stopping the, the, all the things and focusing our attention on God. And while Sunday can be that for you, my question would be, after this hour on Sunday morning, what does the rest of your day look like? If the rest of your day focuses on NFL or family or something else, have you really had a Sabbath to focus on God? One hour a week isn't a Sabbath. I would have thought somebody had amen there. One hour a week is not a Sabbath. Yeah, see? But sometimes we get caught that, that we think that's the Sabbath. So the first four commandments are all about our relationship with God. Now, six through ten are all about our res responsibility with society. 
And you go, well, you skipped one. I know I did. Just We'll come back to the fifth commandment in a moment. But when you look at 6 through 10, it's all our responsibility to our neighbors, to those around us, how all that works. Now, 6 through 10, you remember? Uh, our responsibility to our neighbor, don't murder our neighbor, no matter how aggravating they can be. Not supposed to murder them. Uh, don't commit adultery. In other words, don't put your eyes on your neighbor's wife or husband. And didn't Jesus tell us who our neighbor is? We, we got to remember, everybody we lay eyes on is somebody Christ died for. It's, uh, is the one we love is who we're supposed to, to recognize as somebody. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness against them. And don't covet. No matter how big their house is, no matter how shiny their car is, don't covet. Those are all the things that we're supposed to to be doing in a relationship with our neighbors. But when the Ten Commandments, when God puts the Ten Commandments together, he he has these, these two groups of of how our responsibility is supposed to be, one to God, one to our society, to our neighbors. And there's a lot of similarities between the two. In fact, they, are, they have a pattern there in the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you've ever caught this pattern, but it's a pattern of how our relationship should be in both. Let me show you the pattern. Uh, so if you're in, into literature, and, and listen, I caught this, but I can't, I don't, 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 um, don't think I'm any whiz because I, I understand this, but doesn't, that's as far as I can go with it. You, you go to literature, you go to poetry, and you find this rhythm. Uh, a, B, C, C, B, A. You catch that? It's kind of, we're going to flow. I want to show you the flow, the pattern that God has in the, in the Ten Commandments because when we think about the pattern in our responsibility to God and with our responsibility to, our, to society, there's a key piece here. So let's look at it. Our, our responsibility to God. First thing is, is in our thoughts. Our thoughts matter. Everything about what we think. So in the Ten Commandments, the, the first two commandments have no other gods and have no idols are all the things we think about. How our process, what we think about, where our time, where our energy goes, how we're thinking about our God responsibility. And when we put something above God, we are lessening our responsibility to God. We're, we're denying that. The second one is our Words matter. So go back to the thought process of your words. Uh, don't, do not misuse God's name in vain. That's the third one. Our words matter. How we talk. Our, our conversation matters in how we think about God and what we say in public. Third is our deeds matter in our responsibility to God. Our deeds. Remember the Sabbath. 
we have a responsibility. Our actions need to reflect a Sabbath. Not only do they need to reflect a Sabbath for us, but if we start taking the Sabbath and, and holding it and doing it, it will be a witness to others who need to practice that. So you will also be revealing that to others. In fact, when, when God gave the Ten Commandments, he told them, you're to take a Sabbath. Your sons and your daughters, your servants, male and female, your animals. So it was directed that you are to, you are to practice this, and by practicing it, you will infect others. Now, those same three things happen in our responsibility to society. Let's watch this. So number C was our, or, uh-oh, I've put them in there backwards. Um, just go to the third slide there. I'll get to it. We'll work backwards. So, our deeds, because actually it was supposed to, it was supposed to go A, B, C, and then C, B, D. And you do that by the order in which they were in the scripture. So, our deeds matter. That, was, that would have been verse 6, uh, or commandment 6, um, and how we, no, I'm sorry, Yeah, our deeds matter. Um, I, I got thrown off there. We're supposed to be careful of how we act. Do not, do not steal. Do not murder. Those are, those are actions. Those are the things that we're to, we are to, to, to take care of. Uh, our, our words matter. Our words matter because we're not to have false testimony of our neighbor. Are, are you following? There's a pattern in our relationship with God and our relationship with society. And, and he lays this out in the Ten Commandments. And, and the way we act to God and the way we are to act with people are, are, are similar. No other gods don't covet. Don't covet your neighbor's things. So your thoughts only have one God. Only, only give your worship to one God. Don't be thinking about what you can covet from your neighbor. Are you tracking with me? When God gives the Ten Commandments, he lays this out, and there's this pattern in, in how we are to, to, to think, how we're to, what we're to say, and our deeds, how we're to act. And those three things are not only in our relationship with God, but they're in our relationship with mankind. So we have a responsibility, not only to God, but with society. And in both of those, we're to be careful thoughts, words, and deeds. And they matter. And you go, well, pastor, you skipped the fifth commandment. What's the fifth commandment? Honor your father and your mother. Uh, catch this. When God gives the Ten Commandments, he gives them in the order in which we are to, to keep our priorities in life. God first. Verse four. Commandment number five. Honor your father and mother. Family comes second. Did you catch that? God first. 
What second? Family. I tell you that because sometimes we reverse that. Sometimes we reverse that. We'll do anything for our family, but we won't do anything for God. And if that's the case in your life, can I just tell you, you've got them backwards. But it's God first, family second, and then others. And so when God gives the Ten Commandments, that's how he sets it up. Helping us understand that we have a responsibility to God, how we're to act, how we're to think, our deeds. It tells us that with how we're to do that with society. And then in between, honor your father and your mother. And in other words, you get that right. You get your family right. If you get number one right, you're going to get number two right, which is going to lead to number three. If you get, you get God right, you get your family right, the third one's no problem. But it's when we get those out of order, or we do one and not the other, the life of a believer is really no life at all. It's all out of whack. And so God, when he's, when he's speaking to the people of Israel, he has done all this, brought them out to this land, and now he wants to help them have a covenant relationship with him. And in that covenant relationship, here's the responsibility that you need to have. God first, family second, and then others. Pretty simple, right? And he defines how that relationship with God is. Why? Because we all need explanation. I mean, how many would say, I need somebody to explain something to me from now on, from, from time to time? Yeah. I mean, if, if I said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to get these to get things together. And, on, and tomorrow, we're going to, I need you to be prepared to take a trip. Do you think you would ask me questions or would you say, I'll get whatever I need to get and be prepared to take a trip? How many would be ready to take a trip? We got one. Thank you, Minister, for trusting me that I, I would lead you in the right way. The rest of you are going, I ain't going anywhere with him until he tells me what we're doing. And that would probably be wise. We have to have, we want explanations. And so God gives it. And But yet, even when God gives explanations, do we always follow them? No. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite, we'll get to it soon, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is what I call the first church business meeting. Moses is on the mountain. Aaron is below. The people decide to take a vote. They need something to worship. What do they vote for? They vote for a golden calf. (laughs) What? God's given you ten commandments. You know what you're not supposed to do, and yet you create this idol. So let me ask you this morning. We sang some songs today. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Is that true for you? Yeah. 
We sing, great is thy faithfulness. Can you, can you celebrate God's faithfulness today? We gave pop-up testimonies for that. We sang God's amazing grace. So, so here's the thing. We sang these songs reflecting our relationship with Jesus Christ, God's faithfulness to us, and his amazing grace to forgive us of our sins. So here's the question I have for you today. Are you living the life of a believer or are you trusting in your own ways? Now, before you answer that, let me, let, me, let me push a little harder here. We know the Bible speaks on how we're to live our life. That our thoughts matter, our words matter, and our deeds matter. You, you'll find that same f- thought process throughout Scripture. Jesus gets to the New Testament. He, he will tell us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He, he will... He gives us that. Love your neighbor as yourself. We find different moments in which we understand that our thought process on who God is matters. What we say matters and what we do matters. So here's the question. Let's just dig a little deeper. Is that true for you? When you think about, when you think about where you spend your money, Does that matter? I mean, the Bible tells us, God tells us to bring our tithe into the storehouse. Well, I I don't think the church really needs my money, so I I keep my money. Really? That's, That's not having the thoughts that God wants us to have, nor the actions God calls us to have. Well, pastor, I don't have a lot of money, so I have to... I have to keep my money. Well, again, you've decided your actions, whatever that may be in your spending, is more important than what you proclaim. Let me just jump to one that, that has bothered me all week. I almost didn't, I almost have thought not to do this, but I'm going to do this. This week, there was a report that came out. I don't want to get that wrong. 3,664 deaths this year. 3,664 deaths this year. Those are not COVID numbers. Those are abortions. To date, on COVID, were 1,242. 1,242. That bothers me. Because here's the thing. We're fussing and fighting how to handle COVID. And yet we're turning our backs on watching babies who... Never get a breath. Never get to see colors apparent. And the reason I, the reason I bring this up is because 
You start talking about abortion with believers, it's all over the board. Well, I think this, I think that, I think a woman should have her right, I think this, I think that. The problem is every time we have a conversation about it, we use the words I think and not what God says. And the problem with that is it goes against everything that God said. We have a responsibility to God in our thoughts, words, and deeds. What we think about life, what we think about God, how we, how we act in regards to that. We have a responsibility to society in how we think about life, how we act about life, and what we say about life. And I can take this same, uh, this same issue of abortion. We can talk about money in that regards. We can talk about our relationship with others in that regard. But the thing is, we sit and we sing, great is thy faithfulness. But yet, are we replying in the way we act that way? Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you I want to be careful because I'm not trying to tell you what, what you should be doing or how you should be voting or those types of things because I realize that's an issue in politics. That's not my desire today. My desire for you is to say these are issues because God has commanded us to be mindful of the way we act, the way we think, and what we say in our relationship with God, and our relationship with others. And the truth of the matter is, in between those two things are the family. When we get our relationship with God right, our family is right, then our relationship with others gets right. But when we get those out of whack, everything else crumbles. Everything else crumbles. So if you're here this morning and, and in your life you've, you've flip-flopped family and God, let me just tell you, you're not in the relationship God wants you to be in. You're, you're, not, you're not the believer God wants you to be. But I'm a believer. Yeah, but you're a weak believer. Well, Pastor, I, I, I think abortion's okay. I'm going to tell you, you've got a problem with your relationship with God. Because it goes against God's word. Well, I think I can spend my money your way, my way. That, that's fine, but that goes against what God says. The life of the believer is one who sees these commandments and says, I recognize my relationship and my need. And I need God. God put these in place not so that I can be burdened, that I can have the life that he called me to have. Now here's the thing. I'll close with this. For all have been fallen short of the glory of God. Right? I have, you have, we've all fallen short. God's grace is great. If you're here this morning and, and, and your life is been going down a path that you've, you've allowed the things of this world, the things that are contrary to God to, to control your life, 
It doesn't mean you can't come to God. It just means you have to recognize his grace is sufficient. His grace will cover you from all your sins. His grace is greater than anything we face. But you have to turn to him and realize you need that grace. And and while I'm at it, let me just say this. I don't ever want you to take my word for anything. I want you to take God's word. Because here's what I know. You can, you can find a preacher who will tell you that, um, well, they can tell you a lot of things. They can tell you abortion's okay. They can tell you, you know, we, we got preachers on television who hold their Bible up and say this is God's word, but then tell you how to be happy with and don't believe that there's sin in this world. So I don't want you to ever take my word for it or any preacher's word for it. I want you to take God's word, his holy word. The question for us today is, when we look at the life of a believer, are we living that life? Are we understanding our responsibility to God, our responsibility to our family, and our responsibility to society? This morning, here's the thing. If you... There's a decision on your heart. I want to encourage you to use this telephone number, 270-681-2363. If you're here and you want to give your life to Christ, you've never confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, that's grace. He loves you where you are. He receives you where you don't have to clean your act up. You just have to surrender your act over to God and begin there. Maybe you're here and you've you've confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you need to rededicate your life. Or maybe you just want to join this church family. If you're watching us online or on television or here, we want you to take that telephone number, 270-681-2363. And would you call or text that number sometime today? you stand with me?